Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Every so often on this uh, program, we decide to give ourselves a rest, or more accurately, our guests a rest, and uh, Shannon and I just do it mono a mono, and actually, this turned out to be almost a perfect day to do this, because there's um, boatloads of news and lots of speculation um, about what might happen in a variety of of situations. It's Bob McCown, it's uh, John Shannon on the podcast, slash radio program uh and we'll uh we'll begin with speculation about the toronto blue jays as we record this program uh the maple leafs goaltending situation raptors with yet another victory um on the west coast convincing this this was convincing last night in on the western swing that's three in a row and a chance to make it four in a row uh, with a uh, victory against the Clippers tomorrow night. And then um, maybe a little tennis talk. Uh, we'll get at it after these messages. And we're back. So yesterday, Dan Schulman was on this program. And uh, one of the things that I uh, talked about was the speculation. And it wasn't really rumor. It was just talk about Freddie Freeman potentially becoming a Toronto Blue Jay and taking over first base. And I asked Shulman if he would be in favor of that, a move that would um, obviously move Guerrero to third, back to third base and would create a bit of a log jam potentially at the DH position. He didn't like that idea. I love it. And now there is further speculation mostly coming from Carlos Baerga, but also from others, that Freeman may sign with the Toronto Blue Jays as soon as today. Give me your thoughts on this. Well, uh, to me, I mean, the addition of Freddie Freeman uh, as a a ball player and as a person, because you hear nothing but great things. And even when we had Alex Anthopoulos on after they won the World Series last fall, Bob, he talked about Freeman's leadership and and what he meant to an organization. Uh, They have to replace some leadership that Simeon had when he was here, because that became apparent as as the season wore on that Simeon was wearing that hat of being a a veteran player very well. Um, I don't think there's any question about Freeman at first base. I don't think there's any question about Freeman at the plate, particularly the, the fact that, you know, he, he, he diversifies all those right-handed hitters. Uh, the question becomes, is Guerrero good enough at third base? That really is, if, if you want to cut it down to adding another big bat, does Guerrero at third base, in my mind, does it do two things? A, does it solve your defensive problems? You know, I think there are people that will question that. And, that, and will that upset 
and this is maybe a, a small point, will this upset Guerrero's ability to hit the baseball? Because the more you think about your defensive side, maybe you're not as worried about as much about what you do at the plate. Um, at first base, it's, you know, it's, you're kind of a robot at first base in so many ways compared to any other position. So I, I think the question is about Guerrero, not about Freeman. Well, there's a whole bunch of issues in there buried in that. Um, is Guerrero right now, does he appear to be a better first baseman than a third baseman? Well, that is sort of an obvious thing. I think if you take any third baseman and put him at first base, mm-hmm. it is an easier position to play. Having said that, um, Guerrero was excellent at first base, but not just in catching balls thrown from infielders, digging balls out of the dirt, but in fielding ground balls, sure, in fielding pop-ups, in, in doing a whole variety of things. He surprised I, a lot of people. And I wonder if that confidence... And I believe the confidence that he gained by being so proficient at first base will transcend to him going back to third. That's number one. Number two, the objective during this offseason was to try and find a way to replace the offensive statistics that Marcus Semyon brought to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Freeman does about as good a job at doing that as you could possibly imagine Guerrero offensively is going to be miles ahead of any option. The blue Jays had other than maybe making a deal with Cleveland. Right. And even there, you wouldn't make a trade Guerrero, you know, one-on-one. So, uh, I don't see the downside. In fact, I think it's a brilliant Um, I I think it's a brilliant option and it it gives you an infield that, I mean, you got Freeman at first Guerrero at third Bichette at short and probably Biggio on a regular basis at second. I think you've, you've, you've achieved all the objectives that you want. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be defensively inferior in the infield? Maybe a little bit. If Guerrero is a stone finger at third. But at the end of the day, this is a team built around offense. And you don't give up off you don't give up on a great offense to produce a mediocre defense. And and I believe that that, that was a, a big danger during this offseason. And like if you if you had wound up with Biggio at third base, yes, defensively he's he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Offensively, who knows? But he's never shown any signs of being a super offensive superstar, even in the minor leagues. The, 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 the book on him was, is he good enough offensively just to play in the major leagues? Mm-hmm. He's a dead pull hitter. You like the fact that he's a left-handed hitter, right. but he's a dead pull hitter. Um, if the shift is abolished, does that make him more effective? Maybe a little bit. I've always thought the shift was way overrated, to tell you the truth. Uh, it is if you can move the. It, it is if you can you can hit the ball. I mean, if you if you can move the ball around the infield as a hitter, then yeah, it is absolutely. The problem is is that there's too many batters right now that can't. Right, there's too many batters that can't 
play games with the baseball on the bat. Well, the question remains, you know, look at, we look at when, when the shift is on and a guy like Biggio, a dead pull hitter hits the ball on the ground. How many times would the second baseman actually get that ball? Um, if the shift wasn't on and that's a statistic that I don't, I'm sure they have it. I bet you they do, but, um, I just think it's it's dramatically overrated. Yeah, but but the question becomes, I, I think a hundred percent about Guerrero's defense. That, that's what this is all about in the end. Is his defense good enough? And in let let me ask you this. So I and and I'm not a manager, but you have a, a late inning situation. Uh, Guerrero is not coming to the plate in the next inning in theory, then you could put Espinal in anyway, if you felt uncomfortable, the problem becomes, the problem becomes is if Guerrero, if Guerrero is going to come up in the next inning and, and your, and his defense is inferior, what do you do then? You don't want to, you never want to take that bad out of your lineup, Bob. You never want to take it out of your lineup. Well, like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Guerrero is a gold glove third baseman but you to bet against him being a gold glove first baseman and that's what he was he was a gold glove first baseman he played the position as defensively as well as anybody so now you move him back to third he's got some confidence he's a, a year a couple of years older he's been there two years he's, he's mm-hmm. a couple of years older yeah uh he's lost the weight so he can move. He's better. lost the weight. His range is going to be better. You hope. Nobody bunts anymore. So you really don't have, you know, third baseman playing equal to the bag or inside the bag is absurd. Provided you have the arm strength to play 10 feet behind the bag at third base. So you have the additional range. You got to have the arm strength. He's got the arm strength. I don't, that's never been in doubt. Never been in doubt. So, look, is it a perfect scenario? Maybe not. But it's certainly a creative option that has me kind of excited. Now, let's be careful. Freddie Freeman has not, as of, the, as of this moment, while we were recording, has not signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. But would Atlanta go out and get Matt Olson from Atlanta, a first baseman? Not, not from Atlanta. Or from uh, Oakland. Oakland. Would Atlanta go get Matt Olson? Yeah. Well, one of the arguments might be the DHs arrived at the National League. Mm-hmm. Maybe they looked at some combination of Freeman and Olson as DH slash first baseman. I guess that's possible. But the the deal isn't done yet. But it sure looks pretty close. Yeah. It. it- it sure, I'll tell you what, give these guys some credit. Uh, over the last two or three seasons, uh, to use a baseball metaphor, they have been going, they've been hitting for the fences. Shapiro mm-hmm. and Atkins have been hitting for the fences. And I, I suspect it is, and it's what we talked about with Dan yesterday. I suspect it is that they know that this window is about four years open. They have four years to win a world championship. Last three, I think. 26. 
24, 25. Okay, four. And so from, from that perspective, uh, even the fact that the, the, they're going to spend more than $200 million in renovating the stadium uh, at the same time, um, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to put the right foot forward in making sure that this organization is, you know, in the right spot to win a championship. Look at their pitching. Well, I mean, look at their pitching too. I mean, that's... pitching staff. The pitching staff looks solid now. Even the bullpen looks a thousand percent better than it did at the beginning of last season. That doesn't mean all these guys will perform. We all know, you know. I have great concerns about bullpens at all times, but I also subscribe to the opinion that bullpens are like pretty. You know, bullpen pitchers are like pretty girls. There'll be another one along every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't like this one, go get another one. There's, there's plenty out there. Who's your uh, outfield? Well, it's Guriel Springer and Hernandez at this point. Right. Um, since dollars and cents right now don't seem to be a factor, you know, I was on the bandwagon of maybe you should move Hernandez. Right. Because he's going to be an expensive player. Guriel, remember when Guriel came up and they gave him that seven-year, I think it was seven and seven? Looked pretty good. It looked, looked, everybody wondered about the length of it then. Holy cow. What, what a, a deal great now. deal that is, right? Yeah. yeah. But Hernandez is going to get a 20 plus million dollar deal from somebody. And you, you know, we've operated under the premise that the Blue Jays, while they spend, they're willing to spend, there are limitations. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not so sure there are limitations. You know, you mentioned that they're going to be a $200 million ball club. Well, if they sign Freddie Freeman, I think they're pretty close to that. Yeah. Because um, Freeman's going to get. 25 million a year. He's going to get the same kind of deal that, uh, that Springer's got. Okay. So let me ask you this. What, what term you, again, and we know we're recording what term are you giving him three. Oh no. One Freeman. Yeah. Six. You are. It's not by choice. You don't have a choice in this thing. That's what's going to get you Freddie Freeman. And you can look at this a whole bunch of ways. You're essentially getting two, three, four years, you think, you hope, at premium or close to premium production. Right. Do not preclude the possibility of the Blue Jays. I mean, they're going to be moving players. The question is, when do they they start moving those players? When do they start making those trades? And how much do those trades hurt them? They are not going to be trades that help you necessarily. They're going to be trades that hurt you but you want to minimize that, that damage, mm-hmm. you know, will, will George Springer play all six years in Toronto? If he, um, if you sign Hernandez, it's probably going to be a f- four or five year deal. Right. Is he likely to play well in, in, into his late thirties? Don't know, but his production likely is not going to be there. So anytime you sign one of these long-term contracts, the length of the contract doesn't disturb me that much. Because you you still have the potential of moving that player. And we all know that come the end of July, there are teams out there that have needs, either because of performance or because of injuries. Mm-hmm. And if they are, if they fancy themselves a contender, and the Blue Jays have been in this position many times, you go and get what you need. 
the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, it's of the Red Sox. It's a long list of teams that will go out and do those deals. And look what Atlanta did last summer at the deadline, got three guys, changed their whole outfield. Yeah. Now, mind you, they didn't spend a crap load of money to do it. No, but you're right. Teams always, always look for the big splash. The Blue Jays have done it over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, they went and got Tulowitzki. Before that, they got Reyes. They, you know, they, they've made all kinds of moves that were designed to fill a vacancy and a hole. And they encumbered themselves with salary, usually for an extended period of time, in order to make those moves. So they're common. I, I I don't worry about term as much, uh, that much. You don't, huh? No, I don't. Pitcher's a different story because the risk with a pitcher really is more that he breaks down than he no longer can get people out. Sure. Like Ryu is a is a perfect example of that. Like we're hoping Ryu um, can give this team one more year at his highest level. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he can. He's. I think he's going into his third or fourth. Fourth, I think. Fourth year? Yeah. So this is the end, right? Yes. For I believe this is the last year's deal. So you want that. But at the when this when this deal was done, what did we say? You hope to get two years, maybe three, and then you see what you've got. And could they trade Ryu right now? Sure they could. Would they get a you know a bag of shells and a you know a third or fourth round pick prospect? Probably, Probably that's all yeah. they'd get. But you could get rid of the money. And invariably, that's going to be a concern that is looming on the horizon. And, and it's going to loom even before Guerrero and Bichette become free agents. Because these guys are going to get $20 million or close to it just in arbitration. Wow. Yeah, I, that, those numbers are... If they, if they were at the end of their their contracts, you could see it, but to know that they're going to get that kind of money in arbitration is. is well, is, I'm not saying they're going to get it first year of arbitration, no. but, but before they, their free agency window arrives, oh, yeah. they're going to be at 20 million plus if they continue to perform the way they have. Well, and there's no reason to think they won't. I mean, gosh, and if it's not just... 20 million, it's going to be close to 20 million. Sure. But now, the other interesting possibility is uh, it's been mentioned that Kyle Schwarber is being looked at by the Blue Jays. And he's interesting from uh, a lot of different perspectives because he's not Freddie Freeman. No. He's not a star, but he is a useful piece and he is a left-handed hitter. And the one thing this, the other thing this organization has been looking for is more offense from the left side. Right. So now all of a sudden you insert BGO and potentially Schwarber as left-handed hitters. Well, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And if you insert Freeman, um, Schwarber and, and, um, and BGO regularly, well, now you got a really interesting situation. Yeah. The Schwarber, the only. <laughs> like where does Schwarber play? You're, you're essentially, <sighs> Schwarber has to be an occasional outfielder 
who is principally the DH. The dilemma with that is the days of having a guy who is the DH has sort of passed. And now what we, we see is players given a day off in the sure. field to be DH. Well, you, if, that's right. If Schwarber's there, you don't have that option anymore. No. no that doesn't I, bother me. He, I don't know about you. I can, you know, the biggest question for him is can he stay healthy, right? I mean, Schwarber, well, you got to. I mean, that's the you gamble gotta, you take, you, you risk all the, the time, but, but, you know. I don't know. He's not, he's a, he's a, you know, a 250 hitter. Yeah. So he's not going to give you a big uh, on base percentage, but he has pop. And herein lies the next question Do you need an entire lineup that can hit home runs? Because if you, I mean, right now, who is the bubblegum hitter on this team? Who's the guy who you think can't hit 20 home runs? So I'll go to I'll go down the list for you. Guerrero? Well, no. obviously. He'll hit 40. Bichette? No. Yes. He he'll hit he'll hit more than 20. Freeman? He'll hit more than 20. Hernandez? He'll hit 20. Springer? He'll hit 30. Guriel? Uh bubble. He he might hit 20. Oh, I think he hits 20. I think Hernandez hits 20. They both did last year. Yeah. If memory serves. And then you got Biggio. Biggio is the bubble. Biggio is the guy. And then, and then it. it but Biggio okay. might hit 20 and it wouldn't shock you. No. And then, so you, you, then, you, got, then you got the catcher. Then you, can you get 20 home runs no. out of Kirk and Jensen? Can you get 20? Well, you can get 20 out of the group, I think. Right. Out of the position. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're left with the, with the DH. Whoever the hell that is. So you want a guy? You, you you wouldn't be opposed to a guy hitting for, but you want a guy hitting for average there, then, don't you? You want you don't you want a guy I, that? I you know me, I'm I'm big on average and, I know. and not so big on home runs. But look at that's not how they build teams anymore. And who am I to argue with that? What I'm saying to you is, you could very well have nine players, yeah, with the expectation of each of them hitting 20 home runs. Now, I don't have the stats, but I don't know whether anybody's ever done that before. And it's not its not a fantasy. It's realistic. Like, that's a powerful offense. And, and in that ballpark, too, right? That's the other thing. And, and it, well, it's it, a ballpark it, that lends itself to home that's, runs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And doesn't favor left-hand hitters over right-hand hitters. No. So if you had, if we would have said at the end of, End of last regular season before the lockout started. And I hope this is the last time I use the word lockout uh, this year. Um, that uh, Ricky Ray, Ray's not going to be here. Simeon's not going to be here, but the Jays might be better. What would you have given the odds at? Uh, very low. And if they get Freeman um, and, and Gosman is Gosman, they might be better. Well, we ran down the pitching staff yesterday. Well, at least we, we ran down the starters, and we came up with eight guys that can start, at least. It was actually more than that. Yeah. Um, but Gausman, Ryu, Barrios, Manoa, Manoa yeah. and Kikuchi are the likely starting five. Yeah. That leaves Pearson available. Now, what they do with him, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. I don't know whether I'd send him to Buffalo or whether uh, to start 
or whether I'd have him in the bullpen. Well, in the end, that decision, which will come sooner than later, is you have to decide whether you, what you want out of him. Do you want him to be a starter? Do you want him to be? I think that I don't think they're I don't think they're ready to give up on the idea. Okay. And there is you understand. Well, if you can if you can if you can hold on to him this year as a starter as a as a as a fringe guy, and you know a year from now maybe he is in that group, right? Well, what you're going to see, and we talked a bit about this yesterday, because of the shortened spring training. Well, I mean, starting pitchers don't go more than five innings now, anyway, most of the time. So there's no there's no real risk in having, you know, Stripling and Pearson and maybe Hatch, yeah, um, in your rota- in your in your bullpen theoretically, but in the early part of the season, you're planning on them giving you two or three innings, sure. backing up the starter. Mm-hmm. So a starter goes four, you hope, and then one of those three guys comes in and pitches two or three, and then you get to the bullpen. I hate that. You know, it drives that, me hey, that, nuts. That's, Bob, that's the game now. Just get used I to understand. it. I understand. Get used to it. You know, we, I, we might just, we, we should just clip that. And every time you mention it, just plug it in saying, I hate that. Because there's no point in even you saying well, there's no point. There's, I'm acknowledging that, yeah. John. Yeah. I'm acknowledging that, it, that, that the theory exists. I don't like it. I don't think it's efficient, but that's the way they play the game now. So you got to, you got to, you got to consider how you're going to manage this rotation uh, accordingly. So you've got eight, nine, 10, 11 guys mm-hmm. off the top of my head that have been starters at the major league level with, right. I grant you varying degrees of success widely varying degrees of success, but uh, you have that many. That's a huge advantage over 162 games, a huge advantage. Now, managing that's going to be interesting, but um, that's if everybody stays healthy. (laughs) Well, even if they don't, if you have that much depth, you're going to, you, you might be okay. That's right. That's right. Like Pearson right now looks like the sixth guy. How they get him to that point, it remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Stripling then becomes, in my mind, the seventh guy. So is he, so that means he ends up being a long reliever? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Stripling's of an age where, you know, there's no – he can bounce back and forth. Now – if he was, and again, we understand that if, if he was the emergency starter on a particular day, he probably would only go three or four innings. Um, and his pitch count does get high. Um, he's not a pure strike thrower. He's more of a nibbler. So, um, But that's okay. That's the way the game is played these days. To, to, to me, the guy in that rotation that I... I don't wonder about because I mean all he did was get better with every outing last year. Manoa? Yeah. Here's why. It, it call you can call it a sophomore jinx, you can call it whatever you want. Yeah, it, it happens. Is, it does happen. Yeah. When you start to believe your own bullshit, how do you manage that? You know, this every every batter in the American I don't League see it though. No, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's. No, I'm no, just saying that it, uh, it's a cautionary tale. To here's a guy that I mean, the universe, the stars aligned for him last year. He got better it, to the point where I think by the time this team got into that 
playoff race last year. It was just a given. Manoa's there. Manoa's there. He's he's going to be for- one of the well, yeah. And he's we for- and we and we've forgotten how young he is. I think we forgot. We just he's, he's, he he was pitching like a veteran. So that you know that you have to wonder if what how have they managed that? How do they keep that in check? And if if that's not an issue, then fantastic. But you wonder at times if that could be an issue. The two things I look at for young pitchers, more than wins and losses, ERA, success or failure, really. Control and a good breaking ball. Well, he has Those both. The, he has both. Yeah. And I think in that scenario, you can't lose. He might not have as good a year. Yeah. Every pitcher. Was he nine, and two, nine and two last year? But uh, he, he was good. He was. Oh, yeah. I, but that's, I mean, he, he was really good. I don't know whether he'll be as good, but I don't worry about him falling off the map. Pearson, on the other hand, think about it. What's Pearson's problem? Abdominal. No, no, no. Pitching-wise. Oh, <laughs> doesn't have ball. control. Right. He, 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 he has to be able to stay under control. Right. But no one didn't come to the Blue Jays with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Pearson did. Right. That was Pearson's strength, was he could throw it like a rocket, as hard as probably top five in baseball, maybe. Mm-hmm. But was he always sure where it was going? And did he have a breaking ball that was so dramatic that he could get guys out with it? And he doesn't. He's got no. a, a lollipop breaking ball, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, in the bullpen in September, he got that fastball under control and pitched very well. But that was out of the bullpen, short stint. Sure. Mind you, under pressure, because those games are all important that he pitched in. Mm-hmm. So there's some things I like about him, but I'm intrigued to see where they go with him and how he's able to perform out of it. Manoa, not so much. Yeah. I, 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 maybe maybe I, I phrased it incorrectly. I'm just saying when you look at that, the fact that we take for granted Manoa's position uh, speaks volumes to how mature he looked on the mound last year. Um, and you have to wonder on the human side, on the human side of this thing, uh, how that success will affect him. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, this is pure theory. But we opine regularly about the camaraderie that this team appears to show. Mm -hmm. I got to think a 21-year-old kid or whatever he is comes up from the minors and fits in socially with this group because they are Amicable. About, about and about the same age. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of guys that are the same age. Yeah. But everybody seemed to get along. Yeah. And the and the bench looks loose all the time. Yeah. I mean, you don't you just don't see a the collection of fun loving guys there with you know their hands in their heads mm-hmm. in the eighth or ninth inning very often. You see a bunch of guys that are pretty loose. Say, oh, all right, well, we screwed up today. We'll come back tomorrow. You know, the one, the most serious guy I think they had on the team was Semyon. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. 
Now, professional player, did a great job. I'm sure he was loved by his teammates, but he didn't get into the frivolity stuff. But, but played a role. Played a role. On and that a huge role, yeah, and that's and that's again maybe maybe Guerrero's defense and who's gonna who's gonna insert himself as the as a leader like Simeon did is is the second question. The other the other guy when we talk about I'm not worried about that because you got you got Springer, yeah, who, who I think really is that guy. Yeah, and he let's face it, for the first sixty games he wasn't around very much, right? And then he. The, the other guy we should be probably give some love to when you talk about that pitching rotation and pitching at all is is Pete Walker and what he's done, right? Well, he's, 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 a, he's a magician, right? In my mind, he's the best pitching coach in baseball, bar none, yeah. bar none. And his, it's not that it's not necessarily overall performance of the team, but when you look at virtually every pitcher that has come to the blue Jays organization, does he make them better? Does he fix what's wrong with them? Not a hundred percent, but I'd say it's way more than any place else. Yep. The two pitches that left, I would say, um, owe a piece of their big salaries to Pete Walker because they weren't necessarily broken. No, but they sure got way better while they were here. Right. We're going to take the break. Raptors played again last night, some tennis news, and, um, well, the Maple Leaf goaltending situation. That's been discussed here before. We'll do it again when we continue after these messages. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Financial LLC, member SIPC. Count Shannon alone today, no guest. Um, if you stayed up late last night, you saw the Raptors come out to a massive lead. I think it was twenty-one to two at one point. Yeah, it was um, in the first quarter, and then hold on, and basically never got threatened. Uh, it was cruise control second half. It yeah. was cruise control. Well, the whole the whole I think the rest of the game. Yeah, it reminded me of a situation. I remember when I was living in Vegas and Lakers related, but the other way around, uh, Sacramento was the sad sack team in the NBA. Right. And I, uh, I was living in Vegas and I'd made a little wager on the game and I took the Lakers and I was at my stepson's, um, bitty ball game, kids basketball. Right. And the game ended, and I ran out to the car, turned on the radio, Chick Hearn doing the play-by-play. And uh, the first thing, as soon as I turned the radio on, he said, it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. I've been around this game for 40 years, blah, 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 blah. And he went on and on and on, and I'm going, what, 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 what? And he said, uh, timeout on the floor. The score, the Lakers, 33, Sacramento, nothing. <laughs> You could look it up. It was in the early 80s. They, they went out to a 33 to nothing lead. Showtime. And I'm, 
and I'm watching. Yeah, it was Showtime. Uh, and I'm watching the game last night, and I just flashed back to that, but, it, you know, in the opposite way. Uh, this is I, – I am no longer going to predict anything for the Toronto Raptors this what? year. Nothing. No longer going to predict anything. There are moments that they just look completely and utterly lost mm-hmm. and incompetent and look like they won't win another game. And then they, they do what they're doing right now. They go into Phoenix and win. Impressively. They go into, Impress- impressively. They go into Denver. Not an easy place to play because of altitude. And win. Mm-hmm. They go in to L.A. Okay, it's the Lakers, and the Lakers aren't good. But they crush them. That's three straight wins on the road. And if I told you that the Raptors are more likely to lose those three than win those three, I don't think you'd argue with me before they happen. Well, the first two, for sure. Denver and, and Phoenix, for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe the, 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 the massive ineptness of the Lakers would, would well, make no. you hedge your bet. But yeah, it wouldn't have been unrealistic to lose those three. Well, yeah. it's been the opposite. And now they're back in contention for, uh, you know, for six, for sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Brooklyn, and, Brooklyn's and, and still the in Clippers, the rearview mirror. They have, but. they have the Clippers tomorrow night in, in what they describe as a home game, but the Raptors will have played in the building more recently than the Clippers have. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so that's why Steve Ballmer's building his own arena. So he's getting out of there. Uh, the other interesting thing. Did you, just, did you see the game? Yeah. Did you see uh, James fire the ball at uh, Scotty Barnes? I did. Yeah. So the opinion today was from some, if it was anybody but King James, wow. he gets thrown out of the game and maybe gets a suspension. Do you agree? Thrown out of the game, not suspended. Thrown out of the game. Uh, you know, you know they, I mean, listen, that whole second half, if LeBron wasn't griping, what was the what was the what were the Lakers doing? He was yelling at his teammates. He was yelling at the refs. He was yelling at anybody they could yell at. And that was to, to me the 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 underlying story of the Laker game last night was um, LeBron just so upset all all second half, really about what his team is, what's happened to his team, the fact that they're losing, the fact the way they're losing. Uh, you know, who's, who, you know, who's surrounding him, you know, they, you know, he, he tried to, you know, the whole concept and, uh, and they talked about it on the broadcast last night, but, you know, Hey, anybody, anytime LeBron's, you know, in the lineup, he can will his way to get this team back in, but he couldn't cause he couldn't do it by himself. And that's frustrating for LeBron. So I, they're not going to throw LeBron out for that. They're just not, you know. Well, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I just thought, I think I got the same sense of it that you did. I mean, we've all watched LeBron play a lot, even if you only watch the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, LeBron's winning. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, he's got two years of complete frustration behind him, and he can't, he can't win with this team. No. 
and and, he, and, and, he, and you know and and he 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 got the, he got the Anthony Davis, thinking that that would be the difference maker. Well, Davis is never healthy. Here comes this time around. The, the new invention is Russell Westbrook, and that's been an unmitigated disaster, disaster of all disasters. And so now it's LeBron by himself again. Well, the intriguing thing, the thing that that jumped out at me last night is, he looks like a you know he looks like a poor sport. He looks like he doesn't look professional. He just looks mad, angry. I wouldn't want to play with him. You know, he's he should be an inspiration. He's one of the great players of all time. But look, Michael Jordan. I, I'm Michael Jordan went to Washington and they didn't win at all. Now, okay, it was the end of his career. What's the end of LeBron's career? Hmm. I think Jordan showed a lot more class than LeBron is showing right now. I'd like to tell you I remember Bob, but I and I, I watched him play for the I watched him play for the Wizards. Um, but you know the 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 thing that they both have is they they are both so driven to win and unrelenting in their demand to win. Sometimes you go across the line. Sometimes I you just, go across the line. I don't. Ha- I don't have a problem with LeBron. LeBron getting mad. I mean, so is he human, you know. Uh, but at the same time, you, you know, when you when you when you do do that, you 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 get out of control, and then what you don't realize is the effect it has on your teammates. Like, as you said, I think people were. I think people don't want to play there near as much. Uh, and then when you are a teammate and he, and he throws you the ball, what's your job? Do you, do you have to throw it back? <laughs> well, nobody's perfect, but LeBron made a bunch of mistakes last night. And the, and the interesting thing is it's easy for LeBron to look at another player when he makes a mistake and give him the evil eye or curse yeah. at him or yell at him. And he does. Yeah. But the reverse is not true. Well, but and that's be- human nature. I get. Yeah, but here, let me tell you though, when, like when, when when you're playing golf and you're swinging the golf club and you get mad, um, oh, I get mad. Yeah, right. When you get mad, um, Bob, I've I've seen. I the get dog. upset, but okay. I don't get mad. But but you're mad at yourself, of course. And the, the the first the first inclination anybody that has to play with you, and I'm not. This is a generality, not just for you. Is the other guys in the in the foursome just walk to the other side of the fairway? <laughs> and, well, and so, so I'd but, like to think I'm a little bit more refined <laughs> than that, John. <laughs> and I don't walk at the opposite side of the fairway because I'm mad. I walk on the opposite side of the fairway because you're on the other side of the fairway, and I have no desire to be anywhere near you. So. Are you well? You're still mad. Those are no. I'm not mad. <laughs> Not particularly fond of you. That's all. Uh, I, well, everybody knows that. Uh, we want to. I, I want to change gears a little bit because we got okay. a couple other things I want to address. Uh, you know, I've been on this bandwagon for weeks. Yeah. Maple Leaf goaltending. Mm. This team is not going to win. They might not win a game in the playoffs. Much less a round in the playoffs. Yeah, they'll win. They'll win a game with the kind of goaltending that they have had for an extended period of time. I want to mm-hmm. say since at least Christmas. Pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. So we're now talking almost three months. And I have been a, I've been saying over and over and over again, they better fix this. They yeah. better find somebody. 
the the notion that Campbell's going to bounce back, that Mrazek is 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 better than what he's shown. Well, he isn't, and he won't. There's my response on the, well, on the other and, two. And and I think and Campbell's hurt now. And Campbell's hurt, and which exacerbates the issue. Um, I still think that Jack Campbell, healthy, can can be the can be a goaltender that can help you. The the problem is, I and I and we we saw this on on Sunday afternoon with that awful third goal from the goal line that Buffalo scored against Barazic. You know, the only game in town. You know, a big big TV audience, the hockey world watching. That just that puck just can't go in, and he knew it. He knew it the, the moment it happened. Everybody know it, but this should have been the this should have been the final warning for Kyle to say, I've got to go find a goaltender. I've got to go find a goaltender. I like Jack Campbell, but I've got to find a goaltender because Peter Morazic cannot do the job. He can't. But uh, see, you know, you're trying to straddle the line here, and I get it, but they don't need to You can't trade both of them. No, you can't. Well, you don't need to find a goaltender because the implication there is that you're finding somebody to back up Campbell. I'm not. I want somebody who can go into the net and try and save the season. Cause I'm not giving Campbell the, I'm not giving Campbell the net. If I find another, well, there's only one guy in my opinion that could potentially do that. Well, and I mentioned them over and over again. Yeah. That's I just don't, I, I just don't know. The cost is going to be high and I don't know how they can, they're going to have to try to find a way to afford them. Cause they also need a defenseman too, Bob. Well, they, they, need, need, a- they, need, they need more pieces than one. Yeah, well, okay, you want a defenseman. You have enough defensemen to play the game. Do you have enough defensemen to play the game the way you would like to play it? No. Maybe not? No. But you don't have a goaltender that you can trust. And over and over and over again, we recognize if you don't have a goaltender, can you win a Stanley Cup when you're light on defense? Yeah. Can you win a Stanley Cup? With a goaltender who's a sieve? No. You probably can't win a round, much less a Stanley Cup. So one of two things is going to have to happen. They're either going to have to go find somebody and stick him in, or you stick with Campbell, keep your fingers crossed, and hope he gets hotter than a pistol, because that's happened before, too. Not often, Mm -hmm. but it has happened. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not taking that chance if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, and especially if I'm Kyle Dubas, who is on the verge of losing his job, go get a goaltender. I think they know that. He'll probably go try and find another winger. No, they're. I, I think they've been trying to find defensemen because you know, I mean, Jake Muzzin will probably they're be all back. hard. Def- defensemen the, are the. Oh, I see Josh Manson got the the, the, the defenseman pool gets lighter because Josh Manson, who's a really good defenseman, got traded from Anaheim to Denver to Colorado yesterday. Um, so the rich they are getting can't richer. Do, John, they, they can't do both. You can't go get a defenseman and then go get a goal. Well, you're going to have to do some magic math in order well, to do it. You can't do both. I'm hoping that they, they, they passed on that deal because they've acknowledged now, at least in their own mind that, well, what we really need here is a goaltender. We'd like a defenseman, but we need a goaltender. Yeah. We'll take the break. We'll come back with uh, more and wrap it up after these messages. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. McConnell Shannon, back with you. Just a couple of minutes left. Um, like everybody else, I guess I occasionally watch tennis. And uh, I watched. Well, you the- got into it. You got into it a lot last summer. You did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had Le- Le- we got, ca- got carried away at the U.S. Open, right? The boys, were, the, the well, guys were good, and Layla, the, the guys were good, and Layla was great. Uh, Shapovalov loses yesterday. And uh, I'm starting to get to the point where I, I, uh, I think he has peaked now. You do? Yeah. You think uh, Felix is the man? Well, I think Felix is a better player. Yeah. And I think Felix has upside. I mean, I know Felix has upside. I don't, th- I don't know that Chapo does. I mean, I root for him. But he's a good player. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a great player. Uh, but he loses. And then Fernandez, who has, I mean, there was an interesting match last night. Yeah. And she's had a couple of these where she kind of, she looks like the better player, but doesn't quite close it out. And if you turn on, I, I mean, several occasions, I turned off the TV last night. I thought she probably was going to lose. Really? Yeah, I, I did. After the second set? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, uh-oh. I didn't think she was going to be able to come back. But she's got, uh, she's got internal fortitude. She's got guts. She's got, she doesn't quit. Um, I admire that a lot about her. T- t- the, the, the amount of control she had in the first set, which she won 6-1, yep. was impressive. And considering too that the, she was playing a, a, a an unseated woman named Shelby Rogers, who Rogers had beat her the last two times they played, um, and so because Shelby Rogers has a massive serve, massive serve, um, and so, so she wins the first set so convincingly. I do the opposite. I turn back to the basketball game from the tennis. Thinking, well, this, I mean, here it is. It's going to be over. And then I, I just, I tune back in and she's on the verge of losing the second set. Now I've, now I've got the dilemma. The Raptors are full control. So I stay and watch the third set last night. And the third set, she, she managed brilliantly, Bob. You know, she, she did the, she stole a serve early. And then she, she cruised. She literally, there are times when Rogers was serving in the third set that I do believe that, 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 uh, that, uh, uh, Layla said, you know what? I, I'm not going to expend enough energy now. I'm just going to let her win this one. Cause I, when I serve, I'm going to win. I really believe that that at some point it looked like that. Not going to expend the energy. Let it happen because I'm going to win. She won six, three. It was, it was a very impressive bounce back third set. I thought. 
Well, she's 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 impressive, and she's gaining confidence or has gained significant confidence. And I, I think in a sport like tennis, an individual sport, confidence is knowing that you can win, knowing that you that there's nobody out there that absolutely positively can beat you if you play your best. Mm-hmm. I think she's at that point now. And now, now we see whether she can stay healthy and whether she has the resolve to be the best in the world, because I think she can be, there's nobody out there that I think is absolutely better than her. Yeah. In the long she 20, term. 20, she's 21 in the world right now. I think, um, 18 seed at this tournament, 20, uh, 21 in the world right now, but she's, you know, she won in Mexico last week. Yep. So she's, she's pointed in the right direction and her ability to like, it's, <laughs> she's one of the, she's, she's a likable person. You know, she's created this aura around her with her post match interviews of being smiling and likable, but I'll tell you what, until the, the job is done, you do not get a smile out of her. You do, you, you see the amount of focus, that part of her athletic uh, talent is very impressive. Very impressive. Well, this was the place that just a few years ago, um, Andrescu um, announced herself to the world. That's right. And here's a young lady that we thought, I I thought not only could be, but would be the number one player in the world on the women's side. But um, we haven't seen or heard from her in a long, long time. And who knows? I assume she'll come back at some point. I assume she'll be get healthy enough to return to tennis, but the longevity of that return is very much in question and her ability to achieve this kind of success that she, you know, previously achieved with her, right. her wins in, in Toronto and at the U S open, um, along with, uh, Indian Wells, hmm. uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, we'll have a guest for somebody to, uh, no, it's John Morosi tomorrow. We're talking more baseball, Bob. You can't get enough baseball right now. Well, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have a conversation about the newest Blue Jay, Freddie Freeman. Or maybe the newest two Blue Jays, Freddie Freeman and uh, Kyle Schwarber. (laughs) Stay tuned. You never know. Uh, For John Shannon, Bob McCowan, we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.